Welcome back to the Barrel Proof Baseball Podcast. Today's guest is Baltimore Orioles minor league infield coach, Tim Dijon. Uh, Tim and I don't go back all that long. I guess 2019 was the first time we met, um, and it was over social media. We met um, through LinkedIn. Uh, we just kind of got connected on there and started chatting and talked talked coaching and career-wise and um, just had a really good conversation about, about coaching and, you know, kept in contact since then. And it's been a lot of fun to see where Tim's career has taken him since getting into professional baseball, um, you know, after being in high school baseball for eight years, division one for, I think, four years. I uh, coached him independent ball. So he's had a really cool, interesting path to being in professional baseball now. So I think this is another example of somebody who didn't play in the big leagues, um, who really worked, who kind of grinded his way through his, his coaching career and got to a position that now he's being, um, he's been very successful in, in terms of his ability to connect with players, connect with other coaches, um, his ability to present information. He's, he's constantly on, you know, calls, whether it's ABCA or I think USA baseball, um, presenting information on infield. So his ability to do these things, I think has put him in a really nice position to, uh, make a really good name for himself. And I think this conversation is, you know, it's not going to just be the X's and O's of, of coaching. Um, I think it's just, it's exactly what I set out to have this be like, it's two guys like literally talking about coaching. Um, and so it doesn't get into the nitty gritty of the details of, you know, mechanics or technique or anything like that. But it talks a lot about the path that we've both taken, um, the path that Tim has taken and kind of the trajectory that he's on and hopefully continues to be on. So this was a really fun conversation for me. Um, I really enjoyed getting to finally talk to Tim. This was our first actual like face-to-face -face conversation, even though it was over Zoom. Um, this was our first kind of face-to-face interaction. So really enjoyed this talk. Um, I think coaches are going to get a lot out of this and, and hopefully help keep coaches who are maybe a little bit frustrated uh, with the current state of trying to move along in their coaching career. Um, hopefully this will, will help keep some people motivated uh, when you hear Tim's story. So I don't know that I've had an opportunity to talk to a more authentic guy about his career and, and what his role is with the player. So this was a lot of fun. Um, check it out. Check the links below for Manscaped, walk-offs and whiskey, uh, bottomless coffee, and some others. All right. Enjoy. All right, Tim Dijon, thank you so much for jumping on here with me today. I am extremely excited for our conversation here today. Absolutely, man. This is long overdue. I know we talked about this a couple months ago, and yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I the ones that I'm more excited about. I just feel like this is going to be a lot of fun. And I think this as this is like our first like face to face, you know, conversation or you know, a twenty twenty one conversation face to face, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is uh it's funny. Like I, I I feel like I've known you for for a long time and we spoke no. maybe five, six times. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's very it's a uh I think it shows what, what baseball is about, you know, like just the fraternity, if you will, of baseball, you know, there's just coaches and um, just guys trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to do the same thing. 
So we're just normal guys at the end of the day. <laughs> so let's let's jump in. I want to hear I want to hear about let's before before your your day is now with the Orioles. Like um, how did you get into coaching? What was your you know your first coaching job? Like what was give me a little bit about your path um, up until you know before the Orioles. Um, so I, I played in college at Western Connecticut state. Um, and I wasn't very good. <laughs> I, I tell everybody I was, I'm left-handed. Uh, I was a center fielder. Um, I was probably a division one center fielder. I had a division one arm, division one speed and an average high school bat. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's that's the 100 percent truth if, if i could do it all over again i probably would have played football like division three football if i could do it again okay um, and i got there and for two years i was kind of just a defensive replacement go steal a base and i had a good arm they threw me on the mound and i either walked everybody or struck out the side and most of the time i walked everybody and um I did two years of that and I didn't finish school yet. So I had one more year and I kind of just was a co coach at the time. I don't know if I really did any coaching or was I mature doing any coaching then. Um, and then I went back to my hometown. I started coaching high school baseball there with uh, my high school coach. And in the summers I coached a 14 year old travel ball, like all-star team. Um, mm -hmm. Then I went to Southington High School, which is, is a town right next to mine, um, and I coached there for five years. Um, then I went to University of Hartford, coached there for two years. Then I went to the University of Memphis, coached there for two years. Um, summer of 2019, I coached for the Milwaukee Milkmen. And then fall of 2019, I got the job with the Orioles, and here we are. How, how many years total did you spend in high school? Eight. Eight years in high school. Yep. How is that? In five at Southington High. What was your, um, your coaching high school experience like in terms of your, you know, your development as a coach and then moving into the college ranks? I spent six years coaching high school. So I'm curious to see your, your, your side of that. Um, when I was at my high school, the high school that I went to, like the first three years, um, it was good. I was kind of just doing the same things that I was taught, you know, when I mm -hmm. went to high school there and I, I loved it, but mm -hmm. I had an opportunity to go to this other high school and kind of get uncomfortable and kind of do my own things. You know, let me turn the air conditioner off really quick because yeah. it's no problem. All right. Sorry about that. I just wanted to make sure you could hear. Um, but I went, I went there and it was, you know, all I knew was Plainville High, Plainville baseball. And I went to Southington and it was do my own thing there, you know, and, and learn. And uh, we had a lot of success. Uh, we were really, really good. We had good players. And I remember after year two, you know, I was like, I got this. Like, I know what I'm doing. And then after year four, I looked back at, you know, year one and two and I was thinking, like, what the hell was I doing? Like, that was like, you know, and then as you progress, sometimes you look back a couple of years and you're like, I thought I had it, but like, what was I doing? And, and sometimes it's still that way. Um, 
And I, I think that that's the, that's the best way to learn. And, and if you can't look back and kind of critique yourself and keep with, keep what has worked and, and adapt to, you know, what you think you can improve on it. I think that's the key. Funny you say that. Cause I think, I, I think everybody's experienced that in, in one way or another, I've done it where, you know, you're coaching, like you said, you're getting into it and you're, you're teaching what you've been taught, you know? And then, so when I go back, when I went back and started coaching high school, I'm going back with, you know, what I did and what I learned in high school, what I learned in college, um, you know, and trying to pass that along because that's what your experience tells you. And then you're exposed to other coaches, you're exposed to other resources, ABCA or, you know, what have you, but back when we were, you know, younger coaches and, um, you know, getting into it and, and being in high school. So you're trying to find those resources that you can use to mold yourself into, um, it, somebody who pulls from everywhere, pulls from every direction and, and not yep. just a result of where you've already been. Um, but, uh, but again, we've all been there. I did it when I was in high school, I coached high school for six years. And I looked back afterwards. I'm like, I got this, this is easy. And I got into junior college and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then got into division one. I thought I, I was clueless. So what was your, you know, your, your growth, like your progression moving into high school? Like you said, you got challenged. Like what was your challenge? What, what did you, or how were you challenged or how did you challenge yourself at that point? Um, I think it was trying to figure out, you know, my first couple of years in high school, it was like, I'm going to be the guy that does a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And then I, once I got to Southington, I said, you know, I've, I think I want to be really good at one thing and focus on that. And, you know, having my father as, as an infield guy for, for as long as he did, I said, it's probably my best resource. Uh, so I'm going to learn infield stuff. And then obviously I never played it before. So it was fascinating to me to, to learn something um, that I haven't done. And uh, a lot of people are, are kind of like, left-handed infield coach mm -hmm. and I get it but I, I actually think it's it's worked in my favor because I didn't have any bad habits you know I I, I just kind of learned what makes sense what feels right I've kind of taught myself how to play the position right-handed um and you know I, I I never use myself as a as a re as a reference because it's like I, I, I didn't do this you know mm -hmm. I, I watch video and, and listen to my dad a lot and um and what makes sense and, um, that's kind of why I went that route. And, um, uh, my first, what the hell am I doing moment was when I left Southington and I was going to my first practice at the university of Harvard. Um, I've never been more scared in my life. I'm like, I just went from a high school to a division one mm -hmm. and I'm on my way and I got there early and I'm sitting in the parking lot and like, I almost started like crying because I was like, what am I doing right now? Like, I'm not, I can't do this. Like sure. I'm high school, I'm left-handed. Like they're going to look at me like, what the hell are you doing? And I got out of the car and I just went. And that was the only time I think I've really, really been nervous coaching. Like mm -hmm. it's not weird, but like I, I felt more comfortable coming to spring training with the Orioles last year than I did that first day at, at the university of Harvard. Um, it's it is it's uncomfortable i don't think people realize like that's uncomfortable when you're teaching something that you're not used to that or that you haven't done yourself i mean you're you're relying on the fact that you have talked to the right people you've learned the right things and you're going to be able to portray that 
confidence in teaching it as well as the intricacies of the position that somebody who played that position may be able to, but like you said, you don't come in with bad habits. Yep. And I remember, um, first off, shout out to the university of Hartford staff, Justin blood, Steve Malinowski and Elliot Glenn, who was there at the time for taking a chance on me. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, um, I remember after the first couple of days of individuals, some of the in, some of the infielders were going up to, to coach blood. And we was like, ah, this guy's changing everything. Like mm-hmm. to his credit, he just said, just stick with it. Like he told them, like, just, just listen to him, just stick with it. And then after time, like they were bought in and that meant a lot to me. Like he mm-hmm. could have came and said like, Hey, you're kind of changing things. Like that's not how we do it. But he, he kind of trusted me and let me do my thing. And, and that meant a lot to me. So, um, that was my first, like, what the hell am I doing moment though? Mm-hmm. Well, as you're, as you're teaching these guys, I mean, as you're, like you said, it's not a native position for you, but what was a, what was as an example, something that was significant that you were changing that was maybe uncomfortable for the players? Was there, was it like a mechanical thing or positioning or. It was a, a lot of mechanical things. Um, and it wasn't a big change, but I, I was just saying, hey, I just think that there's a more um, efficient way to do things. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the glove position stuff, like I'm not very big on the alligator palm up thing. I'm more of a palm to 130 type guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say field the sides of the baseball, but something along that opposed to, you know, the, the alligator thing. Um, mm-hmm. And they completely were like, this is different. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after a while, they, I don't know if they were just saying it to me, they were like, but I don't know how we did it any other way before this feels so much more natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really know if it, if changing is the right word. I think going into more detail with things, um, picking up on the small details that, that maybe weren't expressed to them before. Um, sure. That's, that's kind of hitting some hitting some nuances that maybe they weren't even aware of that were that were are things yep and um i think just paying attention to the little things and and i i talk about this all the time and i sound like a broken record but like building the relationships with them like that is mm-hmm. my most important thing and um I, I i value that more than anything literally anything that's my that's my, my big thing that I care a lot about. Yes. I could not agree with you anymore because it's a, you're going to, I think, get away, get away. You're going to more or less. Yeah. We'll say get away. You're going to get away with some shortcomings you may have from a technical standpoint. If you know that player knows that you believe in him and that you have his back and that you have that relationship where you can be honest with him. And um, I think it does. It's a, I think that's a huge part that people, sometimes don't necessarily think of, especially now, like in the age of how social media is, they forget that part because there's a relationship part that is huge that I think can't be skipped over. That, you know, I, I found that, you know, especially with the college guys, like they're going through a lot of different things and, mm-hmm. and somebody sometimes that they can just talk to. Yeah. Um, and, I can definitely say that all I, there's still guys that I coach from Southington and Plainville that, you know, there was a song that we used to play on the bus or whatever. And they'll give me a Snapchat, you know, of them listening to the song and um, just things like that, that 
you know, I never get a text that says, Hey, thanks for helping me with fielding a ground ball. It's always, Hey, remember this memory or whatever it is. That's really what it, what it comes down to. Um, I found something this, this off season really, really helped. Uh, I was assigned to, to call every two weeks, uh, a group of, of infielders and, and some of our better infielders mm-hmm. just to check in see what they're doing, how everything's going. And if I was on the phone with them for 15 minutes, we probably spent three or four talking about, you know, what they're doing in the off season as far as baseball wise. And the rest of the time, just talking like, Hey, what's going on? How's everything going? Um, really, really cool moment is one of our infielders uh, had a son and uh, he either called me the night that his son was born or the next day. And that's, that's it right there. You know, like that's, that's it. That's what it's it's about. about, hundred percent. But just like you said, go ahead. The dynamic of my relationship with those guys that I called Mm. um, and checked in on went from here to here, you know, in one off season, um, you can just see the comfort level when I got here, you know, this spring training, just completely different. Um, and the trust level, you know, like, you know, when they, when you first meet these guys, they're going to feel you out and, Mm -hmm. you know, what's the guy about and all right, a left-handed infield coach, like, do I trust this guy? And, um, I found that they don't give a damn about any Mm -hmm. of that stuff as long as, you're a real person with them and you can help them make them better. Yeah. You know, they don't care if I've never played the game before at all. If, if you can help them make them better, that's all they, that's all that matters. hundred percent. Could not agree with you anymore. It doesn't, it comes down to a point where it doesn't matter if you played infield. I mean, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of guys that are coaching positions that have never played that position. And they're really good at what they do because they've dug in and learned. And they've, like you said, they don't have the bad habits that they're trying to overcome. Nobody cares. Like when you use yourself as an example, because I'm sure you've seen it in your time with the Orioles, just as I have, when you're having a conversation with a guy or you're seeing a guy that's been around, say he's got a a name, played in the big leagues for a long time. There's, I'm just, from my experience, guys aren't always just laser focused, locked in. Even if a guy had a lot of success in the big leagues, they want to make sure like, if you're having a conversation with that guy, can he help you become a better player? And they don't, to some point, like they're excited to see guys that play in the big leagues for a long time, but they're not um, overwhelmed unless they're working with them hands-on and they're making them a better player. hundred percent. So it's, it's funny. It's just, it doesn't, they don't care. So using yourself as an example of, Hey, when I was an infielder, I did this doesn't matter. No, <laughs> not one bit. No. On, on the same time, you know, the experience, there are some things that I'm not going to be able to sure teach a guy. You know, mm-hmm. like, hey, if you want that answer, this is a better resource to go to. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, Mike Bordick <laughs> has mm-hmm. been here 15 years in the big leagues. Like there's going to be a lot of things, you know, experience wise that Mike Bordick could relate to an infielder that's going to be 10 times better than I ever could. And and, and the, the other side, I'm going to add to that because having the confidence and the um, having being strong enough in your beliefs and and secure enough to say, Hey, you know what? I'm not the guy that's going to give you that best answer. Go to him. Cause he's going to be the one that can point you in the right direction. Yep. That I think that also gains credibility with players. Yep. And there's been times that, you know, um, if I was working with, with one of the big league guys specifically, and I 
would say, hey, you know, this is my belief on it, but run it by Tony Manzalino. He's our big league infield mm-hmm. coach. You know, just see what they say. It could be something completely different than what I say, but get their take on it. They they might have a different take, and mm-hmm. you know, and and Tony's really good at that too. He's like, hey, Mike Bordick played 15 years in the big leagues. Like yeah. he's going to have some insight that that we don't have that that's just valuable for the guys. Yeah. And, My okay, so for you personally, going from like I said, high school to Division One, which is not a probably not a common jump for a lot of guys um what as you see now where player not players sorry coaches are trying to move themselves up the ladder you know what what kind of I guess advice would you have for somebody that is in high like a high school baseball coach that's wanting to move up regardless of what level it is junior college division one professional baseball what advice would you have or what would you tell your younger self about moving up about that process and things you can do and what you need to do? Um, a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, it's not going to be easy. No. Um, there's a lot of competition. Um, you are going to have to have to sacrifice a lot. Um, you know, everyone thinks pro balls, glitz and glamor. And, you know, I, I had a nice road and everything. I was a volunteer coach for four years. <laughs> like it, it and I know some other coaches have done have done it longer, but it wasn't always easy. You know, I, I had to find a way to do things. Um, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but the route that I took was I don't want to be the guy that's like, he can do this, he can do that, he can do this, he can do this, he can do everything. I want to be the guy that's like, he he's this. This is what mm-hmm. he does really well. Like, um, I want to be a 10 out of 10 in this one area and then be able to have input on other things, but not saying that I'm a 10, but you know, like if, if you mention my name about something like there's a area of the game that my name is attached to, like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I wanted to, that's what I went for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that building relationships, you know, and um, having a strong character and, Anytime that your name is mentioned, good things are going to be attached to it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is an egotistical thing or a, a, a pride thing or whatever, but like my name means something to me. And mm-hmm. I, I anytime that it's mentioned, like good things to be said, you know, and whether that's a player, a coach, whoever, um, and just building those relationships and, and being honest with people, you know, um, the worst thing you can do is say one thing to somebody and then do yeah. something that, that just burns bridges. Um, and being confident, but at the same time, humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if, if you're not humble, you, you will, you'll be humbled at some point. Oh yeah. And uh, you're going to either way. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's better to choose it than, than it have it be done. Yep. Um, I, I had, I've had some success, you know, I, I've, I've been lucky to coach some good players and, and we've done some cool things, but, you know, I remember one year that things didn't go very well and it was kind of a wake up call. Like, Hey, don't get too comfortable. Like mm-hmm. don't, don't be feeling yourself too much. Cause yeah. always, you know, and I, I kind of lost my second year in Memphis. I'm not going to lie. I, I was choosing if I wanted to stay in the game or not. Mm-hmm. Um, we had three really good years, 
um, at, at Hartford in the first year at Memphis. And I don't think I was as sharp as I should have been that second year at Memphis, whether I was just like, eh, I got this, or I wasn't putting in as much effort or whatever it may be, whatever it may have been. Um, not that we had a horrible year, but it just wasn't to, to standard. And, and um, it, it humbled me, you know, and I started, you almost lose confidence in yourself. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm good enough to do this was, was all that stuff a fluke? Like, so it, it's, it's just good to always, you can always be better. You really can. So if you're, if you're a division one head coach, are you going after somebody that is going to like dig in and specialize on something or like you said, can help out with other areas, but can really specialize? Or do you want somebody that is more of a generalist, we'll say, to use the term? Um, that's a tough question. I don't think there's a right answer. I think that it mm. depends on what your staff already has. You mm. know, have a guy that's really good in two things, and maybe you need that guy that just does a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Or if, you know, maybe you're a – you're, you're a program that, that your infield defense isn't really good, then I want a guy that's like, hey, he may not be able to do this and this, but he's going to make our infield defense better. Sure. Um, so I, I, I think that it, um, it all depends. And, and to go back to the question before, my advice is like, <laughs> after we had a couple good years at Hartford, I still remember, I still had the list. Um, I printed out every Division One program and I emailed 77 head coaches and I still have the list. And, mm -hmm. and at first it was like, okay, like this is a little bit of a bigger school. And then I said, you know what the hell with it? No. LSU, Miami, you know, Bandy. And some responded, some didn't, but like mm -hmm. you, you, you got to take a shot. All yeah. it takes is one Memphis Somebody needed an infield and that's, that's that's where we went. Yeah, somebody's got to work there. Why not you? Yep. Throw your name out. What are they gonna say? No. You know how many times I've been told no? Like more than oh, you've said yes. Heard yes. Oh, absolutely. I, <laughs> all I wanted to do initially was be a social studies teacher mm -hmm. and be a varsity head coach in the state of Connecticut. That's mm -hmm. all I ever wanted to do. I went for five head coaching jobs. Even after we had some success coaching in high school baseball, five head coaching jobs as a high school varsity coach, I was over five. Yeah, I was the runner four or five times, mm -hmm. and I still remember all the schools. I won't name them, but that hey, I'll tell you, I'll tell you right now. I got turned down from Orange Lutheran for Eric Borba, who's still the head coach there. I have no problem <laughs> saying it. He's a much better coach than I am, but you know they're <laughs> they're loaded. But I will always remember that. I'll always remember the conversation with the athletic director. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You're, you're a little young. You're just not quite ready yet. And, you know, we've got another guy coming from another school that's got experience and, you know, Hey, keep in touch. You've got a bright future. And it's like, well, thanks, you know, and that's it. And you know, that when you get turned down and you're like, man, I'm, I'm qualified, you know, and even at I was 24 years old, applying for the head coaching job at King college in Tennessee. And I didn't know where King college was, but I didn't really care. Cause I was walking to our practice up in a little remote town in Washington. So it's like, well, just throw it out there. You know, who cares? But I don't really know if I knew what all it took at that point in time. I just thought that I was capable of doing it um, without really knowing the ins and outs of what it would actually take. I remember 
I was sitting in a grocery store parking lot and it was the fifth head coaching job that I went for in high school. And I remember the athletic call athletic director calling me and said, sorry, went another route. I'm not going to lie. I hung up the phone and I, I started crying. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what more I could do. Like, maybe this isn't for me. Like I'm missing something. And I, I like wanted like, you know, for 24 hours, I, I wanted to quit coaching. I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what else I could do. Like we've had so much success. And then I stopped feeling sorry for myself and you go back and you, it, they're probably blessings in disguise because they, they motivate you a little bit more. And, you know, you always, you always remember when you're told no. So yep. sometimes being told no is, is a good thing. Um, you don't always want to hear it. Trust me. No, but it sucks to hear it, it, but you can either let it define you or, or let it motivate you to be better with something. Yeah. Now, when you went to Hartford, were you the volunteer there? Yep. Yes, sir. And then, and then Memphis, same thing, or do you full-time? Same thing. So how, Memphis how many years, four years total, you said? Four years total. Yep. So, okay. So I was same boat. one year at UNLV as a volunteer three years at New Mexico. What I'm not trying to step on any toes by any means, but for somebody trying to move up, whether it's a high school coach or a, a junior college coach or a player that's, you know, recently got done, that's trying to get in. And I know it's not the same everywhere. Granted, there's different schools, different situations, but is that a route that you would suggest to guys to try to go? Is that the, you know, make phone calls, send emails and find out if there's a volunteer job. I think so. I mean, yeah. it, I have to say so because it worked for me and sure. the two head coaches that I coached for in college were awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Justin blood at Hartford. He, he said to me, um, I was like, I, I can't, I can't just coach here and not do anything else. Like I have to substitute teach. So I'm going to miss practice sometimes. And he said, it's okay. Like, I believe that you're going to make us better. Like, and that right there, like without that, he could have easily said, no, I need you here every day. Could have went another yeah. route. He mm-hmm. said, I believe in you. I think you're going to help us be better. So I get it. And that was huge. And then when Darren Schoenrock at Memphis, um, he told me, like right after he hired me, he said, hey, my, my goal is to get you out of here as quick as possible. And I, at first I was like, what? And then I thought about it. It's like, because he wants me to go earn a living. Yeah. He was awesome as well. He made phone calls for me. And, um, I mean, I, I can't thank that man enough as well, but I, I would have to say that's the route that I would suggest because mm-hmm. it, it worked for me. Um, and just don't be afraid to, to put yourself out there. And when you're meeting people, um, you know, make those connections and right here <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say we met on linkedin yeah was it linkedin <laughs> yeah, it was LinkedIn. LinkedIn or twitter yeah it was linkedin yeah <laughs> i mean that's and and you know what i i will say this like I, I i remember reaching out to certain people or you know the director of player development for whatever organization mm-hmm. and i never a lot of people didn't respond to me mm-hmm. and i remember what that felt like you know yeah. like I knew they read it and they didn't respond to me. So I always say like, if somebody reaches out to me, I will respond to you. Yep. I, that is in the, in, in, you know, right away, but I will respond and, yeah. and because it sucks not when, when somebody doesn't. 
but I think that's a, we have been, we've had similar paths up until our jobs in professional baseball, where high school coaches, volunteer assistants, and hearing no plenty of times, like it's okay to hear no, but you'd rather just hear no than not hear anything at all. And I have no problem hearing no, but it's just, again, it's the, if I'm going to get a message, I will say, here's my phone number. Give me a call. And they're and like, sometimes they're going to call Sometimes they're not. And sometimes they're going to say, Hey, what's the secret to life? I don't know, but I, I can tell you, you know, what I've done and you know, what seems to have worked, what seems to have not worked. I mean, here's some things you should try. Here's some things to avoid and good luck to you, but we're going to at least, I'm going to give you the opportunity to have a conversation, whether it helps you or not. Like, I don't know, but if you're going to reach out, I'm going to respond. Absolutely. And, and I found that some things that some organizations were looking for, other organizations were looking for the exact opposite. Sure. So I, yeah. don't really, I, no. I think that it is important to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Like just be you like, don't, don't put on, don't put on a, a front and be who they want you to be. And then you get wherever it is and you're, you put yourself in a bad situation because yeah. it'll show up quickly. And, you, you lose that authenticity and you don't, you don't remember who you're supposed to be. Yep. And I, I re I went on my interviews with the Orioles and um, I'm a pretty outspoken, high energy guy. And I, I went on my interview and I interviewed with, general manager and the assistant general manager and director of player development and you know afterwards some of my buddies are like how'd it go and I was like they asked me this and this is what I said and this is how I was and they're like what like you said that and I was like that's who I am like yeah like I wasn't gonna give some fake answer like if I didn't know I said I didn't know Mm -hmm. and um and one of the best compliments I got was after being through all of spring training last year, half of spring training. Um, some, one of the, one of the guys that I interviewed with came up to me and said, you're the same guy we interviewed. That's great. That's those little things, you know, mean the world. So back to your, your question about advice, be yourself. Just don't be Mm -hmm. what people want you to be like, be yourself because if you're going to be what they want you to be, and that's not really who you are, it might not be a good fit for you and it, it could work against your career, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd rather be told no, because it's not a good fit opposed to told yes. And then not be a good fit. And then it, it ends badly. Mm-hmm. Cause you're not being that fake person that you were trying to be to make a good impression. Yep. Like, uh, and, and you know what, as much as you think you're fooling people, they know you're not, they're, <laughs> they're not. They're, now did you, they're in the hiring positions for a reason. Yep. They've been there, done that. Yes. <laughs> did you, did you ever coach summer ball? Oh, oh yeah. I coached, like, uh, I coached travel ball, um, four, 13 and 14 year olds. And I loved it. Like yeah. 14 year olds is such a good age because some of the players are pretty good, yeah. but they're so, they're like sponges, you know, mm-hmm. like they, and I was lucky. I, I, I mean, I've been lucky my whole career. I, I've, I, I think I'm decent at what I do, but I've always had good players. So, so that helps. So even those 14 year old teams. Um, yeah. And, and summer ball is different. It's a different world. And um, it, it, it challenged me in different yeah. ways. That's for damn sure. Sure. I'd say uh, 
I, I ask that because I'm, I get, I get very curious with guys who are like the, the idea of moving up in baseball to me is, is kind of fascinating, especially given the fact that, you know, for me, like I had a chance to start coaching right when I got done in college and I thought, Oh, I can keep playing. And my two weeks of independent ball proved otherwise, but um, you know, and I don't, who, who knows what would have happened if I would have started coaching right away. I mean, I, I don't have any idea, um, but how guys try to move up and their, their modes of trying to get to the next level is, is very interesting to me. And one thing I think that is somewhat lacking at this point, and I have no problem being a little outspoken on it is the idea that people are trying to rush their way through this process. And I feel like that's a, uh, if you haven't taken the time and, and coached games and been in the dugout, I think you're missing some things that you need to experience to appreciate it for one, once you get to a higher level of where you want to be. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, first off maturity factor is a, is a big thing. Cause I know mm-hmm. that, that 10 years ago, uh, 12 years ago, I, I, I wasn't mature enough to do this. Um, I think that as much as you know, there's always somebody that knows more. Yeah. Um, when you think that you're, you're, you do things well, and then you get around somebody and they bring up a point and it's like, damn, they're right. Like, what, what was, give me your, give me your first moment working with the Orioles that you had that where you, cause I, I remember mine vividly where I was like, uh, I'm, I'm watching this happen. And I just remember saying to myself, like, I suck. It was, there's been a lot of moments like that. And, and <laughs> it's, it's been more about game situation stuff, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like in game stuff, like uh, Kevin Bradshaw, you know, well, he's, he's one of our, excuse me, veteran coaches and he's been completely awesome with me and we'll get into a, an inner squad last year and he'll be like, he'll say something. And it's like, wow. I, I, you know, some in-game stuff. He's like, oh, based on this, this guy's going to do this and they're going to steal on this pitch and uh, we should backpick. And I'm like, what? Like, mm-hmm. oh, that. <laughs> like, yeah. and there's a lot to learn and you mm-hmm. and when you have to watch the game. You really, really have to watch the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just being around all these guys, you know, uh, the guys, some of the guys I mentioned earlier, you know, this spring being around Mike Bordick and, and Tony Manzo, like, little things that they pick up or they see or, or whatever it may be. It's like, I didn't even think of looking at that. Yep. And it happens all the time. I, I, I can't tell you, like, I, there's been so many moments that nothing, I can't give you one that stood out, but, you know, just being around, especially the veteran managers, Yeah. you know, what thinking, you know, things that they notice, like little, the little things that it's like, I, you've got a lot of work to do as far as in-game stuff. Sure. I, I just remember it's funny because the things that we would emphasize like in college and you'd get I'd get into, you know, my first game situations and, you know, balls hit and you're watching, I'm looking at the catcher and I'm kind of watching what's going on. And, you know, the next that year during instructs, I remember sitting with somebody and he just goes, Hey, take your eye off the ball. It's like, what? And he goes, don't watch the ball after it's hit. And we're just kind of like, just, you know, chatting in the dugout and he's like, look, at, look around. He goes, he's going to either get it or he's going to kick it. He goes, but look around and, and like and the ball's hitting the left field corner. Look and see where the second baseman's at. Look and see where the right fielder's at. You know, don't, who cares of what's happening in left field where the ball is? Like, look at the other people that need to be in a place so that when it inevitably goes wrong, you know why it went wrong. And it's not, 
Yes. If he kicked it out in left field, everybody knows he kicked it. So you don't, what are you going to tell him that he kicked it? So it's like, and it's, it's something that, you know, like instinctively. And as a baseball coach, you know that, but to hear somebody who's played in the big leagues for 15 years, say something like that. It's like, Oh, there are more important things than like watching how they're lined up or, you know, whatever it might be, you know? I say all the time, like, Hey, so all the coaches that are that I'm in the dugout with, whether it's an inner squad or, or whatever, hey, teach me something today. Tell me something. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's how you what you write on the dugout card. Like, yeah, just I just want to know as much as I can. Like, and yeah. I don't care if you think it's stupid. Like, teach me something. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaching first base. You know, I, our our first base coach Anthony Sanders was here, and I I don't know if I'm going to coach first or third or whatever this year, but I said, hey, teach me something. You know. Mm-hmm. And he starts asking you some questions sometimes and get a little intimidated, but you, you find out really, really quick. Mm-hmm. That note, I'm going to switch drinks. So this, this right. first is Woodford Reserve. Okay. And, uh, this is a gift from my buddy, Mac. So shout out to Mac. Okay. I gotta, I'm going to go a little different route. I'll be, I pre-poured it, so I'll be right back. Oh, okay. All right. I'm excited for this. All right, so this, whoa, whoa, oh, oh, <laughs> this right here, this is a Vesper martini, and okay. a James Bond martini. Okay, and it is three parts gin, one part vodka, one part Lille Blanc, which is kind of like a vermouth. Wow, and then shaking not stirred, just like Bond. <laughs> You add a little little lemon twist there. I see ya. Okay. And here we are. This Dude, is a James Martin. I'm sticking with my Irish. <laughs> You're classier than me. No, I got I gotta I gotta shout out a couple people. Josh Conway, one of our pitching coaches, and Dave Schmidt, another one of our pitching coaches. They're big James Bond fans. So this oh. is for them. Okay. And I mentioned his name earlier, Tony Manzolino. He's our, mm-hmm. our big league infield coach. He made fun of me. For, for talking about one of these. So this is for him. Oh, I love that. It's funny, man. I think that's, that is part of it where, you know, the, the, again, I think about like this past year, especially, you know, and it's obviously like the being on the field with the players is awesome. And you can't beat that. And the opportunities to have the interaction with those guys. And, and like you said, you know, having those phone calls in the off season or, during COVID or, you know, whatnot, you know, and, and getting guys and, and checking in on what's happening in their life. You know, are they safe? Are they, you know, taking precautions? Um, are they, you know, how's their family, you know, all those types of things that you have. And those are so important. Those relationships are so important, but then you start texting other staff members and you start calling other staff members and, you know, you start hearing about how things are going to be, you know, for the next year with the different protocols and stuff. And, you know, they want to limit the time that you can spend like in the locker rooms and stuff like that. And it's like, man, that's the fun part. That's, that's something that I think maybe we were taking for granted with how awesome that time is where you spend it with the other coaches and you're just talking because inevitably something's going to come up that you didn't know that you're going to be able to learn from if you're paying attention. I, I keep name dropping in this, but I spent, um, after practice two days ago, I just talked to Kyle Moore, who's going to be our manager in Aberdeen, um, for about 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, and we just talked about baseball and paths and learning each other. And 
I mean, those are the things that are important, you know, yeah. because at the end of the day, the game's the game. It's going to stop for everybody, but I, I just think it's the relationships and I'm going to reference you again. Like, yeah, I, this is the first time I've ever talked to you face yeah, to face. It is. Like, and you know, I, I, I developed a lot of these relationships from, from Twitter, to be honest. Um, I, I remember my dad was retiring in October of 2019 or 2019. Yeah. And, um, the Cardinals were tweeting out, you know, some things throughout the first pitch at Bush Stadium, like some mm-hmm. of the, the ceremony stuff and articles. And I just retweeted them and people would reach out to me and say, hey, uh, you know, your dad was a great guy. If you ever need anything, let me know. And I'm, I'm not going to lie that that helped. Yeah. But, you know, we're reaching out to somebody like yourself. Like I, we connected through freaking LinkedIn. Like, who yeah. The hell would up? And um i still remember and i'm gonna give you a ton of props i was in a the first we gave me my number and i think we missed each other yeah. a, a couple times and i was in texas coaching for the milwaukee milkman yeah and we got on the phone we were on the phone for like an hour and yeah 15. long conversation yep and we just talked and I remember going to the game that day and I was telling one of the coaches, like, I just talked to this dude from, from the Dodgers and like, what a good dude. Like, and that was it. Like, yeah. Here we and I think that, like you said, those are the things that you miss and yeah. Building the relationships and I appreciate I did. that. You didn't have to do that. And I still I'm... remember the, the hotel I was in the conversation. <laughs> I'm glad we did. Otherwise we wouldn't be having this chat, you know, but, but it is the man. And I, I, I hope, I really hope that once we get back to whatever normal looks like for this year and then moving forward that like the people that are in baseball and the guys that are, and again, there's nothing wrong. You, You should, you should want to better your situation, whether that's a higher level, whether it's more pay, whether it's whatever it might be, like you have every right and responsibility to try and better your situation. But as you're doing that, like you can't forget those steps along the way and and nourish and and maintain those relationships with people because like, those are the things that matter. Again, like you said earlier, nobody texts you and goes, man, I feel the ground ball better than anybody because of you, Tim. Thank you. Like that doesn't happen, you know, but it's the one going, Hey, I just got engaged. It's like, okay, yep. that's badass. That's, that's cool. You know, I had Kyle Higashioka was on with me um, a few weeks back. I coached Kyle when he was in high school and now he's the catcher in the big leagues for the Yankees. And it's awesome, you know, but like the cooler part was coaching him in high school. Like my wife and I were invited to his wedding. That's bigger than like watching him play on TV. And I told Kyle in our talk, I remember watching a drill and taking it back as a young coach, not knowing what the hell I was doing. I was like standing over him while he's laying on the ground, dropping baseballs at his chest and having him catch it for, I don't know what it did. I don't know why the drill was there, but I thought I saw it somewhere. It's got to be good. And so we did it, but you know, like here we are, I get invited to the guy's wedding and, and now we get to have that conversation. So I think nourishing those relationships with everybody. And it's not about what can you do for me? It's that you're a good dude. And so we're going to continue maintaining this relationship. When, I mean, I, I was just telling the coach this the other day, like, just be straight up with people, treat people mm-hmm. right. And it does, you know, a real cool moment. We have a ground screw guy here. Um, 
that from the first day I got here, I just started talking to him. Mm-hmm. And every single day we would talk. Yep. And he came up to me the other day and he was tearing up. And I was like, are you okay? He's like, I, I, I put in my two weeks. Like I, I got a different job. And he's like, I just want to thank you for like, you made my time here. Awesome. Like, I'm glad that we met. He's like, give me your number. Let's stay in touch. And it's yeah. like, that's it's it. cool. Yeah. That's, that's it. And yeah, you're never better than every, anybody, you know, you're, you're, you just, just treat people like, like you want to be treated. I know it sounds cliche, but. Especially in this business. And I anytime mean, your name is mentioned, you just want people to say good things about you. Yeah. And, and I, I agree. And, and this may sound selfish, but it's real. You never know who's going to be who. No. You know, that, that, that intern that's working for the Orioles could be a general manager one day and they may need a big league manager. And they're like, you know, that crazy bald guy. Like I really yeah. liked him. Like, yep. you know, and it's true. And as long as it's authentic and genuine, I think that, that that's my advice to people too, is just be a good dude. I think that's the third time that as we're talking, something else has come up where you've said, that's my advice too, because it's, it's funny, like those little things, it's like, it's hard when you're asked, okay, what's, what's your advice? My my advice is like, grind your ass off, grind, like work harder than everybody else. Learn as much as you can and like work. And then it's like, oh, and also be a good dude and also maintain relationships and also like wear a lot of hats and be able to do a lot of things. But, but you don't realize that until the opportunity comes up to do those different things. But just like you said, I I mean, I've got friends who, you know, we were, they were, they were out of baseball, you know, and now they're head coaches or, you know, they were volunteer assistants and now they're head coaches and, you know, guys that are in high positions in professional, um, you know, professional baseball, who, when I first met them, they weren't. And like, those are, those are guys who, and I'll name drop Kai Correa, love him to death. Craig driver. I mean, those guys are coaching in the big leagues, Tanner Swanson, we were working camps. Kai and I and and Craig were working camps all over God's beautiful green earth for top 96, going from God knows where to God knows where, sitting in airports every other weekend to make a few hundred extra bucks when those guys were division three assistant coaches. And so, yeah, like it is cool watching guys grow and move up because they've put in the work. You have to respect that. Yep. And, and you mentioned Kai, he was a guy that, when I was at Memphis, you know, um, you saw what, what he was doing and mm-hmm. he came up all the time. And at first I was like, forget this guy. I want to be better than this guy. Yeah. And you're like, that's pretty good. You know? So then you, you, you reach out and he was always phenomenal to me. You know, mm-hmm. he, he always, he responded, he'll text back, he'll call back. Um, another guy, um, and I, I feel like I keep name dropping, but they're, they're more like shout outs, Perry Hill. Yeah. Uh, my dad always said, like, if you want to get around a good infield coach, connect with Perry Hill. Mm-hmm. So when I was in Memphis. I wrote him something on Twitter. He wrote me back and we developed a pretty good relationship, gave me his number and we, we talk somewhat frequently and, and gives good advice and, Again, you, you never know where these relationships lead to, but they start yeah. with with being a good person. And, it does. And it, it really, really does. You know, um, you know, you, you you idolize these people, but at the same time, like you 
you use them for competitive, you know, to be competitive, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it, it. I'm, it's funny because like getting into this podcast thing has been really cool talking with people in the whiskey industry and they talk about how helpful they are with one another to the point that like there's stories of distilleries having caught on fire and they've literally given an, a competing company their own whiskey to sell under their brand. And it's like, we just want, we want that industry to be as good as possible. So if we're helping each other out, it's as good as possible. Now don't get that. You, you can't lose that in translation. Cause if we're in opposite dugouts, like I'm going to do everything in my power to beat you as you are to beat me. You know, my best friend is a recruiting coordinator at a division three school. And he was, you know, at a, at a division one school and we were in the same conference. And, you know, we always had a joke whenever we'd play each other, like right before the game would start, or, you know, earlier in the day, we'd hug, we'd say hi. And then as soon as the game was ready to start, we would always look over each other and just kind of throw up the bird, just, you know, really quietly, <laughs> like we're going to crush you now, you know? because that's, that's what we're here to do. But afterwards we're, we're going to be okay, but we're going to be good people and we're going to go compete and we're going to see what happens. And one of us is going to win. One of us is going to lose. Yep. And, and I will be completely honest. Like once I started getting into Twitter, you know, I saw Kai and and Tucker on there all the time and I was jealous. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I was completely jealous. Like, but then you realize like, then you realize that you're being jealous and it's like, that's not a good, not a good that trait look. to have. Yep. It's, it's, that's all it is. It's, it's hating, you know, you're hating on somebody mm-hmm. and, and you're respectable. You so, uh, you've, you've, we've, we've mentioned, we've referenced Twitter, we refer- referenced social media and obviously like our connection and then and numerous, numerous connections that everybody can, can relate to in some way. But Let's, I'm curious about your take on like maybe the downside of especially Twitter with some of the things um, I'm not trying to hammer on anybody, but some, just some of the downside that you see of social media and some of the, uh, some of the flaws maybe with, with that. Yep. I, I, I'll tell you myself, like I saw Kai, I saw Tucker and I said, I want to be like them. I'm going to post mm-hmm. this and post that. But that's not really me. So I was trying mm-hmm. to be somebody, you know, and I think that it can cause jealousy. I think it's mm-hmm. very easy to start. And again, I was jealous of, of those guys as well. Um, I think it's very easy to sit there and tweet something to somebody and get into the, the arguments. You know, you're not face to face. There's no tone. There's no temperature to, t- to tweets. Mm-hmm. You know, things can be taken the wrong way. Um, sometimes it could be a lot of self-promotion, you know, where, where you're, you're trying to promote yourself instead of trying to promote the game. Um, I, I, I stopped a lot with Twitter and everything. Like Mm -hmm. I kind of use it for more fun. Yeah. You know, me too. It's, it could be, it it could go, it could take a right turn really quick or a left Mm -hmm. turn really, really quick. And, all it takes is for somebody to misinterpret something and, you know, you, you have to be careful with it. You yeah. Know? I, I think the best thing to do is, is things that, like I mentioned earlier, is like private message somebody and try to make connections. And, you know, that's, that's what I do with Kai. You yeah. know, I pride and put my pride aside and say, this guy's really good. I can learn from this guy. Yep. And, 
I'm not trying to be better than him. I'm not trying to, to put him like, yeah. put your ego aside and say, I respect this guy. I respect what they do. You know, same thing with Tucker, same thing with a lot of guys. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to be jealous of them. I'm not going to put them down. I respect what this person is doing. Reach out to them and let them be a friend and a resource. And yeah. uh, I, I just, especially <laughs> hitting Twitter, <laughs> oh. hitting Twitter the whole, I thank God I'm not a hitting guy. Like they, mm -hmm. there's, I've seen people start off with a friendly debate and it, and things get Turns nasty <laughs> and it's not a good look. And if you no. think, that, you think that people don't um, look at that and see what you write, you're wrong. You're right. Um, they're going to go through your social media and it's just not worth it. You know, I, I, if you're not using it as a positive thing, what do you, what are we doing? You know, mm -hmm. again, I, I, I use it to tweet my sneakers. I know. <laughs> I always know. I always know what shoes you're wearing. That's cool. <laughs> one of my, one of my buddies, uh, <laughs> I put it on the last two days. One of my buddies, Chad Burkett and shout out to Chad. He uses the face swap app and uh -huh. he put face on like a Prince video. And I, I tweeted that and it's just like, I'd rather do that. That's funny. I'd rather do that. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, this is going to sound weird or, or bad, whatever, but like if I'm, if I'm a, this is just me personally. Okay. If, if I'm an organization or if I'm a college head coach, I'm not going to Twitter to find a, a hitting coach because he's tweeted out his hitting advice. Um, that is just is that good now maybe maybe as an introductory introductionary whatever the word might be but that one you know what i'm saying um but but it maybe as like getting introduced to somebody who is putting out their ideas and then producing a conversation out of that but but you're not going to see it and go man this guy really knows what he's talking about with hitting because well, and there are the initial conversation yeah and there are guys that are really good that I'm going, man, this guy's, he's a bright dude. And they, and most of those guys don't get into the arguments with other people that are saying, well, no, you're wrong. That's not how it's done. This is how it's actually done. And, and I'm, li I'm listening to people like argue and I'm going, you know what? I mean, we're, we have a pretty good organization. We've done okay. And there's words and phrases that you guys are throwing around. That I've never once heard in one of our cages. So like, and, and I think we have really good hitting coaches. And it's like, so what you guys are perceiving as what's being done, it's not happening. <laughs> it's, it's such a slippery slope. Like it, it if I'm going to go on social media now, I'm going to put my sneakers on there or retweet something that the Orioles put on there or have some yeah. fun with. Um, yeah. And if I, I feel strongly enough to have a debate with somebody, let's call them. Sure. You know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to debate with somebody that I probably don't even know, no. you know, um, I, I just think that it's, and I, I've caught myself doing it at times. I'm not going to absolutely like, done it. Like, cause you feel so passionate about something and you want to be right. Yep. I, I put that in quotation marks. You want to be right. Yep. And it's just like, what, what am I doing? You know, like it's very easy to, to, to get behind this and be a tough guy. And, oh yeah. And, you know, but hey, I've done it where I've got into conversations and like my phone, I'll have one of my, one of my good friends who, you know, he'll keep me in check. He'll see yeah. it going on on Twitter and he'll send me the emoji of the guy sitting like this, like stirring the pot. And he goes, that's <laughs> you. That's all you do. 
It's like, well, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> it's so true, you know, and I've, I've got caught up in it at times and I, I just stay away from it. Yeah. I, I never want to do anything that, that embarrasses myself, that embarrasses the, the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Um, I, I won't do that, you know. So, I, I, so, I'll embarrass myself by putting some, yeah. some funny things that my buddy makes of me, but besides yeah. that, I, I'm never going to embarrass. First and foremost, I shouldn't say myself, because I, I don't want to embarrass the Baltimore Orioles. Like, yeah. Yes, I'll po- I posted pictures of my French Bulldog with a hat on for her birthday, and I'm okay with that. But <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be the one to deal with the repercussions from you know my coworkers that are going to give me a hard time for it. But Again, I'm not going to go out there and try to debate somebody because, you know, I want to tell them how catching is done. I'm, I'm just not. So, so off of this, then what would be like your recommendation to people who are trying to move up in baseball? Because again, they are, people are seeing that there is success with guys in Twitter and in social media and putting their ideas out there. And it has worked for a lot of guys and good, good coaches too. I'm not there. They're a lot of guys are very well deserving of some positions and getting, you know, some introductions with organizations or schools yep. because their content is good. So that's, there is a, a place real, for it. Yep. So, that's a real thing. A hundred percent. That's a real thing. My advice would to be going back to it again is be yourself. Like yeah. Don't post something because you think that this is going to get X amount of views. Mm-hmm. Or, um, this is going to be something that, that sparks a debate. Mm-hmm. Like if you're comfortable, first off, like, Sometimes I don't want to share ideas like it, it, like I do, but I don't yeah. like something that and, and you have to be uh, uh, cautious in pro baseball because you don't want to let your organizational philosophies get yeah, out. Exactly. Like, that's that's something that, that, you know, you have to respect. But if you're a college coach or a high school coach and you have a cool drill that you really believe in, mm-hmm. go ahead. like that could help, you know, yeah. I, I, but just again, it comes back to what we talked about is just be a real person, be authentic. If it's something that you believe in and you really like it then post it. And if you yeah. think it's going to help, you, but don't do it because you think this is going to get me a job. Yes. You know? and, and, and also don't do it to think that you have to defend it. Like if you post it because you believe in it, put it out there. And if people say you're, that's the worst drill I've ever seen, you better hit, be ready. Hit, hit like, and move on. Yep. You better be ready for it. Yep. Because yeah. everybody's going to have an opinion on things. Mm-hmm. I've, that's, the, that's the, true. I think the most outspoken on things on Twitter that I've been is about recruiting and just because as, as somebody that's not in college baseball anymore and I see it and see what's happening and it's, it's a, I think it's, it's a, outside of COVID even it's a very tough thing I think to navigate and there's questions I have about how it's going. And so like, I'll make little comments on it and I'll have, I've actually had some good discussion and I try to keep it because people will punch back a little bit. Um, so you try to keep it as like, let's talk about it instead of, Hey, listen, this is why I'm right. Um, it's more about just have the conversation and, and throw out some ideas. Just maybe it's just something to consider and it's not about right and wrong. You know, yep. I, my whole thing on recruiting and if I was going to debate a tweet or whatever, and I, I never did recruiting, mm-hmm. but me neither. the path where people go wrong is they train to hit a number or mm-hmm. a metric. Be a better baseball player. Yeah. Train to be a better baseball player. Like 
trained to 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 get hits to strike people out to field the baseball like mm-hmm. don't train to to hit a metric you know just because you had a exit velocity of whatever off a tee that doesn't mean you can hit no that might that might garner you some interest yeah you know like, oh okay like this guy's whatever off a tee but then if you can't play it doesn't matter uh, do you think things are getting too metric based or do you think that's just a perception um man that's a I think in the recruiting world sometimes in college, and I don't even know if it's from the coaches. I think it's from the players because there's this misinformation about if I hit this exit velocity, I could be a division one player. Yeah. No, if you can play baseball at a high level, you can be a division one player. Yeah. Uh, I, I really don't even want to get into that to, to, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, that, that could be we can have this conversation could be misinterpreted. I just think sure. advice is use those as use metrics as tools to yeah. aid you. That's not the ultimate goal. No, yeah. I, I agree with you hundred percent. You have 95 exit velocity and you know, your launch angle is 25 degrees. That doesn't mean that you're going to be a good baseball player. No, it doesn't. And that's, that would be my biggest, my biggest thing is that, that, there's those numbers don't always, like you said, they don't equate to you being a good baseball. It's like, uh, as an example, there was that video that was going around of the infielder in the showcase that was taking a ground ball and he gets a running start and he throws 146 across the infield. It's like, just so you know, while you're traveling, that guy's running to first and he's safe, regardless of how hard you throw. Like, can you feel that take a step and a shuffle and like throw him out and throw it 94? Or do you have to take seven steps? I mean, cause that, that doesn't play in a game that doesn't translate. You know, here you go. So I, I will give my advice and maybe I'm going to be criticized for this, but if you're putting on a showcase for college guys, put a four, four o'clock on them, put a target. They can take as many shuffles as they want. As long as yeah. they get it there in four, four and it hits the target. Could not agree put more. A, put a screen up there. They have to hit the screen. That's it. I don't care what you do, yeah. but Oh, my little lost again. Yeah, I kind of got you. Cutting out there you bit. go. Because I've, I've, I've seen it. I've seen a guy throw. Uh, I've seen a guy throw really, really hard, but it took mm-hmm. him five and a half seconds. And mm-hmm. it was 10 feet of, above first base. Yeah. Like, that's really cool, but that doesn't play in the game. No. So let's just put a four, 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 five, whatever, and hit this big square target in that place. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes. Uh, you see, I I, that could be wrong, and that might have like that makes sense to me. I I, I mean I'm with you because it, it's no you're good you're good no I, I'm I'm with you because I think if you're like again you have it's the two at you one left one right come get one okay we've all seen that movie right there but you know can you go again going to your right straight across and sitting there and waiting in a backhand position for the ball to get to you that doesn't show that you're a good infielder, you know, Thanks. like that, that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't show that you're a good infielder. Like I don't care if the ball's mishit. Can you take a good angle to the ball? And, and like you said, be under a four, four and, and hit a target. If, if not, like it doesn't matter if you're 97 across the infield, if you can't get it there in four seconds, whatever. Yep. And you know, maybe you're four, six and 
and you're slightly missing the target, but it's like, okay, with a little coaching and as he gets older, mm-hmm. that could play. Yeah. There's your but, projectability, not the 97 and, you know, arm side and up. Yeah. I mean, anybody could crow hop and, and take 17 shuffles from shortstop and, and throw mm-hmm. 98 across the diamond, but like, that's not real. Yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you one more. This is a weird one. Oh, I, I actually prefer these. Okay. What's yeah, whatever career goals for you. Um, I, to be honest, this is you on the spot. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is, I mean, I, I, I'll be completely honest. I'd Mm -hmm. like to, I'd like to be a big league infield coach Mm -hmm. and I'd like for it to be, um, I think my father was a big league coach at 43. Mm-hmm. So a little, a little bit of me wants to do it by 42. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> a great motivator. And that, that gives me five years and I have a lot to, I have a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of my career goal. Um, okay. And to be more specific, I, I'd like that, that goal starts with having a, a good first season with Aberdeen and the Baltimore Orioles. So yeah. um, not to get ahead of myself too much. Like I, if you ask me, you can pick and choose your career. Like that's what it would be. Um, sure. I, it could change, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, I want to make this organization as best as I can in whatever role it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's as genuine as, I mean, I care about it. You know? Yeah. I, I really, really care about, about this organization gave me a chance. So I want to give everything that I can to them in whatever Definitely. role they, um, but again, in, in your dream world, if you can pick one thing, I'd like to mm-hmm. be a big weekend. Field. Sure. Um, Makes sense. Sooner than later. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you just want to challenge yourself and, and, and this, this may sound crazy, but if, if I said, oh, I just want to be in this organization in, in this role that I'm in right now for as long as I could be like, I don't like that answer because that sure. means I'm not trying to challenge myself and get better. Yeah. You know, um, I think that everybody should want to compete at the highest level, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but until that opportunity presents itself, if it ever does, the Aberdeen Ironbirds is my big leagues this year. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm going to, and I, I won't, try to have an impact on everybody that I possibly can in this organization, whether it's a coach or a player. And um, again, I I don't know if this is selfish or not, but this is real. Like when my name is mentioned, I just want good things attached to it, whether it's as a coach or as a person. Um, And, and all these things could change. Yeah. Long-term that's what I do. And short-term the Aberdeen iron birds are my big leagues. I think I can't remember who said it. I mean, I've, I've been to so many ABCA conventions, and and somebody mentioned it years ago. And they said, "Look, wherever you are is the big leagues. If you're a JV high school coach, that's your big leagues because it doesn't matter what's happening at the local junior college or Division One or the local professional team because you're not there. So you're basically a fan, 
And so your big leagues is where you're at because it's for the kids you're coaching those players. That's their big leagues at that time because they're not in the big leagues and they're still taking those steps. So it's like your job is to affect the guys you have right now. And then whatever you, whoever you have next year, whether it's in high school or rookie ball or the big leagues affect change in those guys. Uh, to go back to, to one of the questions you asked me before is about advice to other people. You can't get to the next level unless you do a good job of where you're at. Like, and, and I will kind of lose sight of that. It's like, mm -hmm. I want to get here. I want to get here. And you just think about here, here, instead of being where you are and giving everything you have to, to that JV team or that high school team or that junior college team or that division three or whatever it may be, mm -hmm. but be where you are first. Mm -hmm. And I can have all the dreams in the world, but they're not going to come true until I do a good job with whatever role that I'm given. And I want to be the best damn coach that I can for the Aberdeen Ironbirds this summer. And that's okay. So, so more, I'm going to say that I'll ask this more specifically than that. What is a big goal for you personally for Aberdeen this year? Because like, you, again, it's, it's a, and I, I'm with you hundred percent. Like your goal is to be the best coach you can for Aberdeen this season. But like, what is something that you're, what is something for you personally that you're, you want to challenge yourself with or your manager to challenge you with that you want to like really improve on and focus on that to where at the end of the season, you can look back and go, this is something that I wanted to improve on. And now I feel like I'm in a better position at this specific thing. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, because that, that, yes. that takes, that takes something of, of a measurable, like it's yeah. a, have to have a measurable goal um or or just something that you're you're not familiar with that you want to yeah i guess at the end of the season i need to say you know you have to look back and did i accomplish that goal or did i not and mm -hmm. this is the measuring stick um that's why i'm paid the big, a, big bucks i gotta i gotta ask the tough questions you know i don't i don't have a good answer for that that's i fair. guess i guess i would say it, it doesn't really have to do with me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I want, I guess to move the players up, to get them mm -hmm. out of, out of high A, get them into double A. Um, mm -hmm. At the end of the season for, whether it's the front office or our manager or whoever to say those guys got better. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's my goal. I, I, yeah. I, I, that's my only thing that I think about. Like I, it, the players getting yeah. those guys better getting you know what what darren Schoenrock said to me when i went to memphis is i want to get you out of here i want to get them out of there i want to get them out of there defensively to the next level that's, that's a good that's, that's a that's a really good full circle this whole conversation by the way that's pretty cool yeah <laughs> and, and that wasn't beautiful planned. not one uh, bit but no, I, like, I i agree I, with I, you i, I mean i'm, I'm I, with I you a thousand know. percent I don't, I can't say like about me personally. Like I can say that if this guy starts with me, like I want to get him out of here because mm -hmm. he's playing, he's hitting and he's playing such good defense that he's yeah. too good for them. He's developed too much. And mm -hmm. whether that's him, I'm just hitting the ground balls or I'm working with him every day or whatever it may be. Like, let's get him out of there. Yeah. Like uh, let's, let's lengthen that guy's career because he can play defense. Yeah. I, I I don't know if that's a good answer or not, but that's truly what I feel. I don't know if that's measurable, um, but at the end of the year, like 
these guys got better. And they got better. I just ate it a little bit. That's it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's because it makes me think about the same thing. Like, man, is, is there a goal? Like, a, was it like a specific goal? You know, and so I think it's, you have the time beforehand to like reflect on that about like what, what exactly it is that you want to try to accomplish. And some things are probably going to be measurable. Um, you know, at some point, like wins and losses are not always a measurable goal because you might, you know how it is. Like there's guys that are going to be hurt and guys are moved up and down and, and your, your job is to develop players. And, you know, so of course you want to win, but you could win and not necessarily have success as a, as a coach with your specific guys, or you could lose and you could get half your guys up to double a, and that's, you know, you're going to feel a lot better about making those players better. Um, like you said to and helping them improve on their individual game. I think that I would let, I would like the players to say that, that guy helped you get better. I'd like yeah. manager to think that that guy helped our, 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 excuse me, our team. And I would, like our director of player development to think that that guy helped the Orioles in, in 2021. Yep. So I don't know what those standards are for them, but that's, that's what I would like to be said. And I would like our, our big league infield to think that that guy is, is helping us down there to develop infielders for the future for the big league. Yep. I think it's a good way to look at it. He's an organizational guy. Yeah. It's a good, there's a good place for that guy. Well, that he sticks around, and yeah. and and that message, I'd I'd like that message to go out throughout the entire organization. Is every action that we do, every practice that we have, everything that we say, every decision that we make on and off the field, you're either hurting the Baltimore Orioles or you're making us better. And if it's not making us better, it's probably not. It's not helping us. So let's let's take that into consideration every single day. Dude, I love it. I'm, I'm ending it right there. That's awesome. <laughs> I appreciate it. Dude, oh, you're, you're, I, I can't thank you enough for, for that conversation um, back in 2019 when I was in that yeah. Texas hotel and you didn't have to respond to me and you did. And I wish you and, and the Dodgers um, as much success unless you play the Orioles. Sure. Um <laughs> actually hold on let me see something i gotta look this up <laughs> i think that there was something now, let me look at this hey i told i told higashioka the same thing i was like hey man best of luck this year i hope you guys are outstanding you have a great year except for if you play the dodgers okay so i knew it was a california team so in 2027 mlb.com has the baltimore orioles facing loss against the giants and i thought okay. it was the dodgers but you guys are two years, and then in 2028, those are the predictions. All right. So, well, until then. I, I wish you guys. <laughs> yeah, until then. Until then. Do well. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy, I, thanks so I, much, man. For everything that, that you've done for me and just being a good dude and um, responding. You Absolutely. Know? And here we are, and this best keep- for martinis. Yeah, I'll stick with the powers and just keep keep paying it forward and keep keep responding to everybody that that reaches out. You know, it's like every time somebody reaches out, like now you have a reason to, you know, you keep responding because I think that's a big part, man. Like you don't, again, 
You don't know who you're responding to. Yeah. You know, help, help somebody out because they're reaching out because they want to know. Now that's all. Good luck this year. Get after it. Let's uh, let's connect after spring training or during spring training. And uh, we will wish you. You too, buddy. We'll talk soon. Thanks.